Welcome back to He Leadeth Me, a spiritual formation podcast for Focus staff, students, and friends. I'm Jessica, Focus's Manager of Spiritual Formation, and today I am once again joined by Father John Ignatius Ezradi. Father John is a priest in the Archdiocese of Denver, and he's also a former Focus chaplain and one of our Sikh speakers. So thank you for joining me today, Father. Thank you, Jess, for having me again. So, Father, I wanted to talk with you today about an epidemic of busyness that we experience in the United States. So one of the things that our students and our missionaries complain about the most or just say that they struggle with the most is being busy. And you look at their schedules, and it's not hard to see why. You know, they they have their discipleships and different things, but they're also planning mission trips and getting buses to go to conference, and then they have to prep talks for Uh, assisting at NST and different things. And they really are very, very busy. I had a friend who moved here from Croatia and her sister already lived in the United States. And my friend asked her, when does it slow down here? And her sister says, it never does. And that, that is just a fact of life. We're all really, really busy but it affects our spiritual lives. Yeah, you, you said that it's an epidemic. I would say it's a pandemic, actually, <laughs> now that we know this word. So, uh, yeah, you know, uh, as you were speaking, I was thinking, you know, uh, I think that partly because of our culture here in America, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a very fast-paced culture and society. But I think that happens in other countries. You know that I was born and raised in Argentina, and I once I I am from Buenos Aires, the capital. So it was a very fast-paced city as well. So I think that is is universal. Maybe you find some places in which uh, the pace might be a little slower, but if you live in a city, uh, it will be very fast, especially here in the states. But I think that because of the culture, because of the way uh, we are asked constantly to do things, I think that busyness has become kind of part of our identity. Uh, we think that we need to be busy, and if we are not busy, there's something wrong. You know, uh, I was talking uh, in a homily, actually, one day, and I was saying that, uh, speaking about myself, when people say, hey, Father John, how are you? Many times I have to confess, my response is, oh, I'm so busy. Instead of saying, I'm great, I'm doing good, I'm blessed, or whatever you want to respond, my response is, oh, I'm so busy. So it has become part of who we are. Uh, I think it's, it's, and as I said, if, if we are not busy, we can think that there's something going wrong in our lives. That is really true. And it kind of reminds me of how people will say, oh, I'm so busy. I can only get five hours of sleep a night. And somebody else will say, oh, I get eight. And it's like, oh, I wish I had the luxury to do that. And it kind of makes you bad for getting an appropriate amount of sleep at night. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. yeah there, there's just this idea. And maybe it comes from the Protestant work ethic that our country was founded on that I should be busy. And if I'm not, I'm being lazy or I'm missing out on something. Sometimes we're busy just because we have so many choices and so many good things that we could do that we do all of them. Yeah, I think that uh, exactly. It's, it's just that, that idea of I cannot say no, right? Uh, especially in, in, in our uh, realm of missionary life. All of us, you know, we're working for God, actually. So when we are asked to do something else, it is so hard to say no because we feel, well, if I say no, am I saying no to God? And 
I always say there's something that we have to always remember that God doesn't ask us for impossible things. We're human and he knows our limitations. So I think if we have to just start thinking about how to avoid this extreme busyness, the first thing would be, would be just let us learn to say no many times. And we are not saying not to no to God if we do that. Yeah, and it's so hard to say no when you're choosing between two good things. I think it's always good to remember what St. Ignatius says, that you want to choose for whatever is God's greater glory. And sometimes we see things that, and we think, well, both of these things are for God's glory, but we don't really decide what we're going to do based on what is for his greater glory. We just try to do everything because they're good things. You know, we're we're in Lent right now. And one of the scripture passages that I was thinking about as I began Lent was the Song of Songs, where it says that the vine grower is in the vineyard and he's pruning the vineyard. And that took me back to the time when I was in the convent and we had these apricot trees. And Reverend Mother told me that I was going to prune the apricot trees. And this was really exciting. Uh, Jess gets to be a farmer. And so she put me up on this ladder and she told me, okay, cut away the branches that have little buds on them. And I thought, why are we cutting away good branches? These are going to bear fruit. And she said, oh, that's what pruning actually is. It's not cutting away what's dead. It's cutting away good branches so that the tree will focus on bearing bigger fruit on the other branches. And that was such a powerful thought to me that God sometimes asks us to get rid of what's good so that we can bear bigger fruit somewhere else. And so during Lent, I was just thinking, what from my life is unnecessary that I can cut? Because I often feel like I'm too busy, that things are cluttered. And so I need to cut away some things that are good for what's better. But my question for you is, when somebody says, okay, I want to let go of unnecessary but good things in my life, how can they possibly prioritize or decide what they should keep and what they should cut away? Yeah, that's a great question. And uh, I don't know if there is a, a one answer to the question, but I will start saying that the disposition that we need to have when we start cutting things away is humility. Mm. Uh, in the sense, we can't do everything. And I think that a little bit of the busyness of our lives comes from the fact that we think that we are Superman or Wonder Woman, kind of, we can do everything, or worse, we should do everything. Uh, we are failing if we don't do everything. And I would say that that in a certain way comes from a Pelagian um, way of thinking in the sense, I need to do more because I need to earn God's grace. I need, I, I, I need it, it's all on me, it's all on me, when in reality it is not. So I think that when we uh, recognize that we cannot do everything, when we recognize that in all humility, we have to say no to things or other things that we are doing that, yeah, it would be great to continue, but I can't. Uh, I think that that is humility and that is the first thing to do. So what, what to choose? Well, there are many ways to, to, to go. Uh, I would say first, as you said before, what is most productive or better, better, let us put it better. What is giving more glory to God among all the things I'm doing? Uh, then, if everything is the same, well, what is easier for me to cut away? Uh, these little things. Yeah, this is good, but yeah, I cannot do everything. And maybe it will be uh, just reading a book or 
one Bible study and you can delegate the Bible study to another person. Uh, maybe is uh, I'm studying, but I cannot get all these credits. So maybe, well, just cut down one one subject, you know, study a little less. Uh, eh, I mean, it's all these ideas. Uh, I don't want to say, I, I don't want to say, oh, stop studying. But it's kind of, what are the things that will not affect my relationship with God and my state of life? I think that that is one way to go. What are the things that are most important in my state of life because the state of life of a mother is different from the state of life of a, uh, of a nun in the convent or of a student or of a missionary. So looking at our state of life, what are the things that God expects of me? Because we can always do more things. So what are the things that, well, if I remove this from my daily schedule, I'm not going against God, obviously, and I'm not going against my vocation, because if a mother says, well, I'm so busy that will I will stop cooking, well, that is kind of not what she should do, right? So I'm exaggerating a little bit, but what are the things in your life as a missionary, as a mother, as a business person, uh, as a student, whatever, what are the things that, well, they are good, but if I remove them from my schedule, will not affect my life? I would, I would, I would go in that way. I think that's a great way to approach it. And I think that we should all try to prioritize more having space in our lives. I remember this one family was telling me that they were reading the Old Testament where God tells the people not to harvest the edges of their fields so that that uh, produce could be left for the widow and the orphan. And this family was praying with this scripture passage, which isn't in and of itself terribly exciting, but they said that they thought that God was telling them that their family life was the field and that they shouldn't fill it and harvest everything, but have space so that people who were in need could have that space if they wanted it. And I thought that was so powerful to think that, yeah, we shouldn't be filling our lives to the fullest so that there's space for someone who might need it. And I've heard you say similar things when you've said that when a new task or opportunity comes our way, we should first think, like, does God really want me to be doing this? It's a good thing, but do I need to be doing it? Or can I do it? Because, again, we go back to the idea of humility. We are not almighty. We are not all powerful. So we, we, we are excited about something they're asking us to do. Uh, for example, they ask me, I, I love focus and everyone know, knows that, right? And I live very close to focus and I am very close to the missionaries, but I'm not a focus chaplain anymore. So I keep receiving a lot of invitations and it is so hard for me to say no to some of them because my state of life now is different. So I have to give myself to the people in my parish. So even though I would love to do a lot of things with focus, many times I have to say no. And it breaks my heart. But I think that that also, it's a way to show God, I receive my new mission. I receive what you're asking of me now, even though I know that this is something that is good in itself. And moreover, I would love to do. And I, I think that many of our listeners can, can relate to this. Uh, we want to do more things, but if we embrace our limitations and the limitations of our current state of life, I mean, we can say no. So the first way to avoid extreme busyness, it's just so much to cut away what we have is to learn to say no. To learn, well, I would love to, but unfortunately I can't. Uh, I was invited to uh, several weddings, uh, wedding season is coming, and unfortunately I had to say no to a couple because just I can't. 
I have other things going on here in the archdiocese, or I just I cannot make it right, one from one place to another because I have another international flight or whatever, and it breaks my heart. But it's it's a reality. So I I think that by accepting reality and accepting our own reality as as human beings who are limited, uh, that virtue of humility will help us avoid the extreme busyness. And you're right. That virtue of humility is so important in just accepting our limitations and being able to say no. Father, why do you think that busyness is so detrimental to the spiritual life? That is a great question. And speaking to people who try to live a a solid and deep spiritual life, you know, busyness uh, has another name for people who are spiritual, like we want to be. Uh, we who are missionaries and priests and people who want to serve God, which is activism. Activism is a, a spiritual illness, which means we fill our day and our life with a lot of activities, but they are activities for God. I mean, we, I mean, you, myself, the people who are listening to us, we can all say we work for God 24-7. I mean, Bible studies, mission work, talks, preaching, mass, sacrament, mission trips, and you mentioned it. So we we were always working for God, but the, the risk is to say, I'm working for God, so my life becomes a prayer, which is true, but I don't have time to pray. So I think that the busyness, the, the worst thing of busyness is we we focus on the busyness and we just shift our focus from God to the things we are doing, which are good and they're for God. So, I mean, it's very easy to make the mistake and the devil is very smart. So he will convince us that because we are so busy with the things of God, we are focusing on God. And in reality, we are not. We need to pray to stop, to have to have recollection, to be able to focus only on God. Because otherwise, well, I, I go for a walk or when I drive, I talk to Jesus. I do my holy hour when I'm driving. No, no, God comes first. So do your holy hour when you are in the church or in your room and doing nothing else. Don't do your holy hour when you are doing dishes or whatever, you know. It is okay to talk to God when you drive. It is okay to pray the rosary on a walk. But you, we have to have in our days, we must have those times that are only for God. Activism prevents you from doing that. Activism convinces you that you are working so much for God that if we don't work, we are doing something wrong. And that is why it is a spiritual illness because it is so subtle and it's very proper to consecrated people, priests, missionaries, you know, students who really want to work for God. And eventually we fill our days with things. We are busy, as we're saying, but we're not focusing on God. Yeah, I think that that is such a crucial point that activism creeps into our thinking. That's a philosophy of the day that is a heresy. It's not good. But I think another philosophy of the day that kind of creeps into our thinking when we feel overwhelmed with busyness is a victim mentality. With a victim mentality, we feel like everything is outside of our control. And it's true that there might be plenty of things that are outside of our control. But when we say, well, I have no control over my busyness and I just feel like I'm a machine and everybody else is making the choices for me, that's probably incorrect. I was talking with uh, one of our focus leaders the other day and I was telling him, oh, I just feel so busy and there's no way to get around it. And he kind of gently corrected me and he says, well, you know, like some of this really is in your own control. 
And that was such an empowering statement for me to realize, yeah, I'm not a victim here. I am making choices. And there are plenty of choices that people in leadership or uh, my circumstances will make for me, but I still have a response to those. And I can still try to work with the situation if I'm feeling overwhelmed. Yeah, you're so right. I would say that a victim mentality is an excuse. It's just so easy to say, I can't do anything about it. Uh, and it is a true. I mean, just said it. I mean, the first thing is we can say no sometimes and we don't want to say no. So I'm not a victim. In any case, I'm a victim of my own mistakes, of my own uh, desire to do everything. But I think that the, the victim mentality is, is an excuse so that we don't make changes. It's easier to say, oh, I'm so busy and I cannot change anything. So everything continues to be the same than to say, well, I need to do something about it. I need to make a change. Right. And we also need to talk to our supervisors or whoever is helping us with the situation because they might not know that we're feeling busy to the point of being overwhelmed. They might be able to help us with it, to find another solution. But so often when we're feeling busy or, uh, I don't know, any number of feelings towards other people, we don't talk to them about it. We just kind of interiorly complain and grumble when actually talking to someone would bring about a solution. Yeah, and if you're a student listening, the same counts for you. So you are very busy because you have all this homework and papers to write and then your social life, obviously, because you're a student, but you know, you feel so overwhelmed. What to do? Go to somebody who can help you. Go to a mentor, to an older student, to a missionary, to a priest, somebody who can mentor you to say, well, yeah, to help you see from the outside that, yeah, you are busy, but you're busy because you want to be busy. And it's so empowering just to be able to say, yeah, you know what? I am making choices here and I can make other choices. I can make different choices and I can change this situation. You know, St. Augustine used to say, I will make an analogy, uh, speaking about people who complain about situations and the times. Uh, and he would say, you complain about the times, but you are the times. I would say, you complain about the busyness, but you get yourself busy. <laughs> so let us, let us start with that. We are the ones who get ourselves busy. So, I mean, let us ask God for the light of the Holy Spirit to, to, and, and, and the fortitude to say no to some things and, and, and to, to scatter away things that we think they're good, but they, in the end, they don't allow us to be at peace. That's an important point. And, you know, Father, I feel like I'm preaching to myself a lot here with just saying I have choices. I don't have to be as busy as I am. I can say no sometimes. But at the same time, I do want to recognize the fact that there are legitimately times when you were going to be busy and, yeah, it was through your own choices, but they were good choices. For instance, my friend Lindsay has seven kids and those were really good choices. And yet she is going to be busy for the next 40 years and beyond that because seven kids have needs and her house is wonderful and chaotic every time I go over there. And she's going to be busy for a long time. So do you have any advice for someone who is just going to be busy about how to find God in that busyness? Yeah, you, I mean, you just raised a great question. And I want to, uh, I, I had this young lady when I was in Argentina who was a mother of five also, and I was her spiritual director. So in conversation, I would say, well, don't you have 15 minutes to stop and pray? And one day she said, Father, let me describe for you a day. And she described the day, I mean, 
for, I mean, she had a children from, I think, 12 to months, right? So I was amazed and I said, yeah, you don't have time to stop, but that doesn't mean that you cannot have a spiritual life. Because again, th as you very well said, Jess, there are moments of busyness that are proper to our state of life. So uh, Holy Week for a priest will be very busy. We are doing all the liturgies and confessions. So there are moments in your life in which it's not about what, you're, what you choose. It's just, it is. I mean, students, you have finals. Well, you will be very busy whether you like it or not. And you don't choose that. It's just part of your state of life. Missionaries, uh, conferences coming, fall outreach, and you will be busy whether you like it or not. So... It's a great question because there are moments who are of busyness that are not part of our choice. They just happen. And, and that is not bad. That is good. I mean, it's, it's something that is wanted by God. What to do in those moments? What did I tell this mother of five kids? What did I say to Lindsay? Well, I think that the best way to have a strong spiritual life is to do what the saints always recommended, which is the exercise of the presence of God in your life. So in the midst of your busyness, just remind yourself constantly that you are in the presence of God. You're a mother of seven kids and you are changing diapers. Just imagine that you are changing Jesus's diapers and do it out of love for him. You are a missionary. Imagine that you are with Jesus walking in the Holy Land, trying to bring more people to the kingdom. You're a student. Imagine that you are preparing yourself to work for Christ and you just give sense to the busyness so you know that Jesus sees you you know that Jesus hears you you know that Jesus is walking with you and and I think that is a way to make sure that everything that we do is offered to Christ it's, and it makes sense it's not just human it becomes divine when we offer things to Christ and also the awareness of God's presence in our life it's prayer it's just sometimes you know uh, just say Jesus I love you Jesus been doing this for you Jesus, uh, I need your help. So maybe you can set an alarm, you know, every hour in your phone and, and, and every time it goes off, you say just a short prayer like that. Or uh, another thing that I, I do is, for example, put a holy card on the fridge. Now, you, we, we go to the fridge all the time. Well, in Lent, we go less, but during the year, we go more, right? We go to the fridge all, all the time. So when you see the holy card uh, on the fridge door, you say, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I'm, I'm doing this for you or whatever. So be creative and just remind yourself of the presence of God. And that is a great prayer and a great way to maintain your spiritual life in the midst of busyness. That's great advice, Father. Well, as we're wrapping things up today, do you have any closing thoughts for our listeners? Yeah, as you know, I always like to kind of summarize uh, by the end. So I think the first thing is this uh, attitude, this position of humility. The first thing, so ask for humility in prayer, accept yourself, accept your limitations, you know, know that we are not Superman or Wonder Woman, we are not God, so we have limitations. So that is the first thing. Second thing, just let us try to learn and ask God for the grace to say no to some things, to learn how to prioritize and to have the humility to say, you know, I would love to do this, but I can't. Then the third thing is to say, well, Maybe I, ha I can cut away some things of my life because my life is so busy that I have no time to pray. I have no time to just stop and rest. So what are the things that I could cut away just that I can have this time? And then if because of your state of life, you are busy or there are periods of extreme busyness, 
always focus on the presence of God. You will be assured that you will continue to be uh, in this uh, path of spiritual growth, even if you don't have as much time as you would like to do things for, for prayer or, or devotions, but you are working for God. Again, this is not for your entire life. This is only for periods of life. The moment you see that that becomes your usual thing, there is a mistake there that we have to correct. But if there are periods of busyness, use that exercise of the presence of God that can be used obviously all the time, but uh, that will help you just go through those periods and then go back to the normal in which you have more time to stop and, and just have leisure and time for prayer. Well, this is such an important topic, Father. So many people find themselves in a state of busyness today. So I'm really grateful that you were able to join me to talk about- Oh yes, that. I'm so busy. I don't know how I did it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, we'll have to take our own advice after listening to this podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Jess. It was a pleasure. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Oh,